0: Hello everyone and welcome to Autism Stories. I'm your host Doug Bletcher, the founder of Autism Personal Coach. Autistic people are the true experts of the autistic experience and Autism Stories is where we interview autistic people and others in the autism community to learn from their stories, experiences and get their advice. If you'd like to be notified about each week's episode of Autism Stories, we suggest you subscribe on your favorite podcast listening platform. We would also appreciate it if you could give us a positive rating and review, as it will help others to learn about Autism Stories. Storytelling has been in existence almost as long as humans have, and I think that the purpose of storytelling isn't just to tell a story but to tell you a story that makes you think that is exactly what today's guest on autism stories does kelly martinez kelly has been getting people to think through her tarot card readings of them for the last twenty years she joins us today to talk about that and why some autistic people have strengths that would allow them to be good tarot readers as well. We hope you enjoyed today's conversation. Kelly, thanks so much for joining us today. I'm glad to be here. I wanted to start out by learning uh, where does your story in the autism community begin?
1: Well, I think that I probably was kind of on the fringes of it for a long time. And um my husband is autistic as well and so one thing i've learned is that i have an almost stereotypical story of a woman with autism you know finding out later in life because of a family member who is autistic and then realizing that all the signs got missed with yourself over the years and so you know one thing is um I started following autistic bloggers and uh, autistic people on Twitter because I wanted to understand my husband better. I wanted to have a more of a view of what it is to be autistic than just what I see with him because I didn't want to fall into that trap of thinking that this one autistic person represents all of autism. And right. so I been interacting with autistic people online over the years and one thing we started to notice is that I have several friends that if you go back and you ask them hey have you ever thought about if there's any chance that you're autistic I'll either get yeah you know I am autistic or I'll get "Mm, I've never really thought about it but it perfectly makes sense you know it's like okay so why am I this kind of magnet for autistic people you know and then last year my husband sits me down and he asked me he's like honey have you ever considered the idea that you might be autistic and i'm like well that doesn't make sense they would have spotted it in me already you know i've gone through years of going through mental health therapy other mental health things and he said well not necessarily. And he started pointing me toward articles on like, uh, neuroclastic or, um, videos by, uh, Yo Sam, De Sam. She talks a lot on YouTube about what it is specifically to be an autistic woman. And it's like, and I'm looking at all of this and I'm just like, oh my gosh, that thing I've wanted my whole life where It's not that I want to change myself to become normal. It's just that I want to be accepted as who I am already is normal. I'm like, I am actually garden variety normal for an autistic woman. (laughs) And it's like, so it really, it's been a great experience for me to interact more with other autistic people online and to learn to stop expecting things from myself that I'm not going to be able to give you know things that all my life I've gone why do I do that why do I have so much trouble with that why is that a problem for me now I can just go girl you're autistic it's an executive function issue it's an overwhelm issue and I'm like
0: business. You do something that I find um, really, really interesting, which is you've worked with tarot for over 20 years giving tarot readings. What are some of the benefits you've seen people get from from these readings?
1: One thing is, and, and this kind of gets into specifically how it can help with, you know, functioning, with sorting out your own life when you have executive dysfunction is that it helps you focus on things it helps you compartmentalize things and be able to sort through your own issues and take a step back and look at yourself and so i see a lot of people you know they'll tell me that i have you know validated whatever they were already thinking they needed to do or that I've given them a different point of view of looking at something that they were doing and this helps them consider more options. So it's, it's really just about being able to sort through your own stuff. And that is something that, whether the person I'm reading for is autistic or not, lots of people just need someone to sit there and in a, you know, sort of removed from the personal aspects of it way. Be able to say, well, here, look at this, and here's what may happen if you make these choices. And just help them sort through stuff in a completely non-judgmental way.
0: I think, you know, lots of people don't really understand what tarot is. What, what are some of the common misconceptions about tarot that you see?
1: One thing is that I know a lot of people who've never, they've never held a deck of the cards. They've never read a book about it. They've never had anyone do a reading for them. And so a lot of times their only exposure to it is through how it's portrayed in TV and movies. And so there's, there's this view that, that that's just silly to think that, you know, I random set of cards can tell you what's going to happen in the future and it's like that's not really how it works there are different ways of approaching tarot when I work with clients I don't do fortune telling I do something that is more psychology based that it's about helping you sort out stuff but even readers I know who do fortune telling divination work they're not saying that whatever showed up in the cards is absolutely what's going to happen. What they're saying is the cards are showing a flow of events that this is where things are headed unless you want to change it. It's giving you a heads up in things are headed this way unless you intervene. Nobody's saying that, you know, this is, Fate, and you can't change what the cards are showing. I also think that there are several cards that are terribly misunderstood and that can make people a little afraid of what might come up in a reading sometimes. One of the infamous ones is the death card. The death card is not saying that you're going to die. It's not saying that anyone you know is going to die. It is symbolic of something coming to an end so that other things can thrive. Just like, you know, everything we eat is alive. Whether you eat animals or you eat plants, everything you eat had to die to nourish your own life. And the death card represents events in your life coming to a close so that new events can start so that other things can thrive. It has nothing to do with a traumatic someone you love will die and a lot of people don't know that
0: now you've been doing tarot for a long time so i'm sure people have asked you all types of questions <laughs> during these readings how do you determine what questions may be appropriate to answer and what questions that they're definitely not appropriate
1: i will not do readings to die nose a medical problem people need to see doctors for that i am not a doctor and so no i am not going to pull out cards to try to tell you if you've just got the cold or if you've got the flu or if whatever that joint issue you're having is just your arthritis or you know no you need to go to your doctor for that i can do ratings to help people figure out, you know, once you've got a diagnosis, let's say, you know, you've got, you've got a bad diagnosis, you know, maybe you've got cancer or something. I can do a reading to help you sort out how to emotionally deal with your diagnosis, how to make a plan for when to know to go ahead and call your doctor and when to know that you just need to take a rest but I am not going to diagnose a medical issue through tarot cards. And I also, I don't do readings like for third party. You know, if somebody comes to me and they want a reading to let them know, you know, is my sister gonna win the lottery? It's like, well, first of all, I can't tell you if anybody's gonna win the lottery that's not the kind of readings I do you know but I'm not going to have you come to me and ask me to do a reading about your sister's life you know you can come to me and you can ask things like how can I improve my relationship with my sister How can I be more supportive of my sister? She's doing wild things that I completely disagree with. What can I do to improve my relationship with her and to have a better chance of communicating with her about things? But I'm not going to do a reading about your sister's life if your sister didn't come to me and ask so I think a lot of times, the, my boundaries on what types of readings I will and won't do are largely about ethics.
0: Now, many autistic people are good at examining patterns, which from my understanding can be a helpful skill in tarot. What are some other skills that um, some autistic people may, may possess that make them good at tarot?
1: There are are so many possibilities there and one of the reasons that makes me laugh is because you know not too long ago I did some sort of light study online going through looking at tarot forums looking at things said on social media and what I found out is that it seems there's a pretty good number of autistic people out there who would like to learn to read tarot but are already convinced that they won't be able to do it. And I think that a lot of that comes from, you know, often non-autistic people will misunderstand what we're capable of because even if we can do it, we don't do it the same way they do. You know, it's kind of like there's that infamous study out there right now with the whole finding that, yes, autistic people absolutely have an empathy issue because what the study showed was that we were actually generally more empathic. You know, that that we would put the good of others above the good of ourselves more often. I feel like that's, that's a problem a lot of times is, judging that anything that autistic people do a different way means that we can't do it and a lot of autistic people i think have internalized that and have this idea that you know well tarot takes a lot of intuitive stuff and autistic people aren't intuitive we're scientific thinkers well first of all the two are not mutually exclusive you can be both But I also think that a lot of times, autistic intuition, autistic empathy, autistic creativity simply work differently than non-autistic. And so we do have a lot of those skills that are needed for Tarot. And in addition to looking at patterns, analyzing patterns, I also think there are a lot of autistic people out there who do a lot better with talking about emotional issues if we can relate it to a story. If we can separate ourselves from the emotion a little bit by comparing it to a story. You know, a, that's why a lot of us will like to reference our favorite movies, our favorite TV shows, our favorite books to compare those things and create a bit of an emotional buffer when talking about it. Tarot tells a story that's exactly what the cards do. Each of the cards has its own little story, its own archetype that relates to it. And when you mix them up and you put them back together again, it's putting together a story. So I think that for autistic people who are more comfortable looking at things through storytelling, tarot is a great tool. I also think that the ability to separate you know, how you feel from the objective facts is an important skill. To be able to sit there and go, well, okay, yeah, I know I feel this way about it, but the facts say, here's what's happening. That's an important skill
0: with tarot. You've spent a lot of years with tarot, so I'm sure you've learned a lot of things along the way to make you a better uh, reader uh, f- for people. What have been some of the things you've learned to in, to improve your skill level to where it is today?
1: One of the things that I have learned is that you don't have to stick with the assigned meanings to the cards. I mean, some people will. That's going to be where they're more comfortable. And I have seen readers who can do great readings that way. For me, I wasn't going to do great readings that way. Trying to just memorize, here's what the card means, and then make all the cards make sense together did not work. And so one of the things that I have learned is that working with the cards actually helps me listen to myself more, that when there's that little voice in my head that says, oh, but wait, these two cards have the same color palettes. They must mean something together. And, you know, maybe all the books on it don't say anything about what those cards would mean together. I've learned to listen to that little voice inside myself and to say to myself, hey, if you're seeing something there that lines up, then explore that, see how those cards, how their stories play together. And that has actually made me a much better reader, is learning how to cross over from, here's what the books say, here's the assigned meanings, now I know the facts, to how do I apply that when I'm reading the stories.
0: Now, we all want a sense of control in our lives, but with tarot, do you think you have to give that control back to the cards that show up in each reading? I actually
1: think the cards can give you more control in your life because you know as I mentioned before, it can it can be a very useful tool for dealing with the executive dysfunction. You know, when you just you can't you can't sort through everything. It's like Everything wants to be step one in your brain and no, everything cannot be step one. And so I feel like, you know, sitting down and using the cards to look at a situation, it draws your attention to certain things. You know, it's one of the things is it can seem odd sometimes to some people who are less familiar with tarot that, Almost every card that shows up can be applicable to the situation. And sometimes, you know, people kind of try to use that as a thing to discount tarot, to say, well, you know, you could make any card fit that situation. Yeah, that doesn't mean it's not working. That's actually how it's supposed to work, because it means whatever card showed up, it is drawing your focus to that area. Of your life it is helping you compartmentalize and break things down and so now you're looking at just this one aspect and shutting out your brain trying to sort through all the other aspects at the same time and so because of how it can help you focus and help you really analyze what's going on reflect on it and make plans for the future it's not so much about giving up control to whatever turned up in the cards. It's about using the cards as a tool to take your control back and have a better idea of what you need to do moving forward.
0: I think it's really interesting you talk about executive uh, dysfunction in terms of tarot. Uh, makes a lot of sense to me. Do you see much of a connection in terms of the visual component of the cards in relation to like supporting that executive dysfunction?
1: The visual component of the cards is a key thing for me as a reader. I've known other readers that it's not so important for them and in fact one of the things that I want to start focusing on more is how to make tarot more accessible to autistic readers and so one of the things that I've really been thinking about is how the visual component needs to be discussed more for each deck because each deck looks different. Each deck is done by a different artist. And I can understand how, you know, for some autistic people, a whole lot of fancy artwork could just make this really difficult to process. Some autistic people might do better with a more minimalist deck, where you've just got a symbol there that lets you know which card this is and everything you're working off of as a reader is just your knowledge of what that card is about. For me, that does not work. I need the art. The art tells the story for me. And so yes, for me, and I mean, I I emphasize for me because it's like it doesn't have to be that way for all readers. But for me, when, I, um, when I'm shopping for new decks, one of the things I do is I spend a lot of time looking the cards up online so that I can get good views of the art, because I need to see, you know, did the artist choose color palettes that have a lot of symbolism to them? Is the repetition of colors across different cards going to be part of the story? One of my favorite decks is... Um, It's the Robin Wood deck. Robin Wood is the artist who did it. And uh, the swords suit is related to the air element. And one of the things that she does in that deck is throughout that suit of cards, the pictures have little butterflies and little birds because they fly through the air. So those visual themes really do, yes, it helps me be able to break things down because then when I'm looking at two completely different cards but I see those repeated elements, it draws my attention back to the thing that I'm
0: trying to work on here. In trying to determine which decks to use or or to, or to purchase, there's so many tarot decks out there. Um, how do you decide to uh, determine which decks you want to use?
1: There are a lot of variables to that and some of it is like i say you know i need i need a deck that's really going to speak to me in that i can relate well with the art of the deck the symbols that the artist chose the colors that they used and then beyond that it also sometimes depends on what i'm using the deck for like um the when i do the tarot scopes on my blog every week where it's like A horoscope done with tarot cards i use the same deck every week and there are reasons for that one is by using the same deck for the same task every week it really helps reinforce it puts you in sort of that mindset of Now's the time when I'm focusing on this thing. I'm doing the tarot scopes now, you know, and it helps the brain go into that mindset of interpreting things in that way. It also is a very easy deck to take pictures of. And so that's some of it is I'm going to lay out 12 cards and take a picture of them. And I want this to be something that, my blog readers can also easily distinguish between cards. And so I chose that deck because they are large cards. They are primarily drawn in black and white with little elements, symbolic elements of color added to them. It makes them a lot easier to take a picture of 12 cards all put together than some of the other decks that I have. But then I'll use other decks for other things, like uh, one of the readings that I offer to clients. I have a specific deck that I feel like the symbols of that deck, the, the artist work in that deck, do a really good job of communicating the things that that reading is about. So I always use that deck for that type of reading. And sometimes it's about the audience. I mean, I've done, when I do readings in person for people, you know, like I have a deck of tarot cards that is entirely based on uh, Christian saints. And so if I am doing a reading for someone who is a devout Christian, who is not necessarily comfortable with symbolism from other religions I'll use that deck, you know, to help make sure that the imagery is going to be more comfortable for their religious beliefs. Um, If I'm doing just sort of fun readings, like at a party, we don't want to get into anything too deep, but still have an honest reading, then I might use a more fun deck, like I have a Gummy Bears tarot deck. So I try to match the art of the deck to what is appropriate for the situation
0: I'm doing the reading for. I, I read on your website you offer all different types of readings. What are some of the kind of readings you offer?
1: Right now, I am offering three different types of readings for clients. And one is it's a really simple three-card reading. It's called the three-clues reading. It is for when you've got those situations that just, you need a little a little clue which way to go. It, it covers what is it that you're not seeing about the situation, what is it that you need to be able to resolve the situation, and what is the best approach for you to take in going about it. I also offer a life path or life journey reading. That is a more in-depth reading where you can choose an area of your life that you want to look at, like, you know, do you want to look at relationships? Do you want to look at careers? Or we can just go into it with, hey, I don't have a specific area I need to look at. I just feel kind of lost, and I'd like some guidance here, and that reading is, is, is pretty detailed and involved. It goes through potential milestones that are common. Almost everybody's gonna hit these milestones in life. Everybody's gonna hit them at different times and in different ways. And it helps sort through how these things weave together to tell the story of your life and which way you want that story to go. And the, the third, rating that I offer right now is the next three months rating. It is a rating that looks at four different aspects of life over the next three months. It looks at potential obstacles that you might come up with in those areas. And it also incorporates a different type of deck of cards called an Oracle deck. Oracle decks are often like They're similar to tarot decks, but they don't have so much of the assigned meaning to them that tarot does. Oracle decks are kind of like decks of pep talks. You draw a card, and the card kind of gives you a little pep talk. And so I incorporate the oracle cards into that deck so that after we've sat there and we've broken down all this psychological stuff with the tarot cards, you've got an oracle card for each month to just sort of give you a little pep talk about how to approach things, to bring it all together and tie it together into something that is just as meaningful, but a little easier to remember. You know, at the end of the day, you may not remember what did this say about your finances for next month and your relationship for two months later, but you may remember the advice that the Oracle card gave Of Okay, next month. I'm supposed to approach things in a very active way. I need to stand up for myself, you know. So those are the three
0: different types of readings that I offer at this time. Well, we can always use a pep talk, no matter who we are. (laughs) And uh, how can people get in contact with you uh, if they'd like a reading?
1: The best, the easiest way to remember would probably be just to go to my blog, which is spiralkey.blogspot.com because all the information is there it's easy to find there i mean i am on various social media platforms i'm on instagram i'm on twitter i'm on linkedin which linkedin has been amazing i have met so many awesome autistic people on linkedin i'm considering just renaming it linked autistic i but it's a great community there i love it there so yeah i'm all over the internet the easiest way to find me is just to go to my blog spiral key and all the information you need for how to book a reading or how to get in touch with me some other way
0: is all right there Mm -hmm. I like that, Kelly, uh, linked autistic. I've met a lot of great autistic people <laughs> I at <it> that as well. <laughs> well, I, I really enjoyed the conversation. Um, thanks so much uh, for joining us.
1: Thanks for having me. I appreciate getting a chance to talk about
0: it. Thanks to everyone for listening, and, and thanks so much to Kelly for the conversation. To learn more about Kelly, check out the link for the, in the podcast description of this episode. You can also find a link to book a free call to learn how Autism Personal Coach can help you to reduce your daily overwhelm and get the things you need and want in your life. So book a call with me today. If you'd like to be notified about each week's episode of Autism Stories, we suggest you subscribe on your favorite podcast listening platform. We'd also appreciate it if you could give us a positive rating and review as it will help others to learn about Autism Stories. On next week's episode of Autism Stories, we will have a conversation with Carly Fulham. Talk to you then.